0: live mark menard you're in the building baby let's freaking go man i'm so excited you're here congratulations (laughs) on everything you've accomplished i love all the books i love all the gifts i mean you you brought the whole chocolate factory over (laughs) i just
1: want you guys to give me some cigars man oh they're already in a bag (laughs) waiting
0: for you it's part of the take-home package awesome
1: yeah and do you smoke cigars Uh, it's occasionally yeah i love them it's been a while since i've had one actually
0: yeah. It's a, uh, it's like a interesting vice, a cigar.
1: Yeah. It's nice though. Like cigar with some coffee or something. Too. Yeah. Cigar like and coffee. A latte. Yeah. It's totally.
0: Good. I was just talking about to a friend that, you know, in life everyone has vices and one of the most toxic vices is drinking, right? You drink a lot. You're, you're going to have a lot of fun, right? But it's going to impact your body tremendously Yeah. versus like low impact vices. So the idea is if you drink a lot of soda, it's going to be far less harmful than let's say drinking a ton of coffee, you know? Mm. So there's like different levels of vices. So I feel like as people, we need to just tune in our vices <laughs> so that we can optimize our bodies, feel
1: healthy, feel good, all of that. Yeah. It's just too much of anything is, is bad if you're able to like check yourself on what you're doing and it's not like actually affecting your life. I think that's really what it's all about and and everyone's different like I had that one friend in school that could smoke weed every day before tests. It got straight A's and, that, and like I smoked, I did all that too. But for me, like and that was back when they didn't have all the strands and, you know, what was what, yeah. but to me it would make me more like foggy and brain dead. Like I definitely couldn't do it like right before an exam. And for him, like he'd crank out, like he'd do it while he was studying. He would do it while he took it. And it's like, it worked right. for him. It's crazy. Like yeah. I know this
0: engineer that was one of the most brightest humans I've ever met in my life. Like yeah. Unbelievably talented. And dude was high 24 seven. Yeah. And that's... he just dialed him in. <laughs> <laughs> if it works, man, it works. If it works, it works. And throughout your career, you've had an opportunity to learn a lot. And it seems like you, I get you as sort of the type that documents a lot. Do you tend to keep mental notes about certain things of your life? Like throughout your, your existence? Yeah. You,
1: <sighs> Yeah. Um I mean that's how I've written books and I mean I'm I'm a cr- crazy weirdly wired entrepreneur that's my brain's always going like a million miles an hour so I'll be on a jog like typing stuff into Evernote like something'll pop in my head or sometimes I'll do like audio clips but I'm I'm always like obsessively writing and documenting and saving stuff. Yeah.
0: And your entire (laughs) career is, is truly amazing. I mean, you've, you've really, you built a business that helps a lot of people and you've built a business that supports and empowers an underserved market where a Mm. lot of people look over it as maybe not the most exciting thing to jump into. You looked at it as something that has to get into. Can you tell us the story of, of how you built this?
1: Yeah. And it, it's, uh, it was like, 2007 when I started so right before like the financial collapse of 08. Mm. So that also was like right now where everyone's like interest rates are high. I mean if you turn the news on, the whole world's ending every time and but and that's why I remind people too like when I went to start it in 2007, I think I was 26. I had just got married. We had two kids back to back. Um, my wife was working the overnight shift for people with disabilities. And then I would like come home from starting the company. She'd be like, here's the kids. I'd be up all night with the kids. She'd come back. I go back on the grind, like just building it from the ground up. And, um, that must've been surreal. Cause it's like your, your calendar's just bogged down. You're, you're back to back to back. It was just a, bl- it was like, I didn't even think about it. I was just like, I'm just, I'm going and I'm doing, and I'm building something. And it was for people with developmental disabilities. And I wanted to open it up with like a successful business model because I knew if we were bankrupt, we couldn't help anyone too. So I saw a lot of like wishy-washy people get into the field that had a great heart, but you also have to care about the business part of it or else if you don't have any money, like you can't pay your staff, you can't grow your company. So it's like balancing it all out. And even getting into it, like as I got into the field, they used to just have these horrible institutionalized settings that were really dark and oppressing. And I wanted to create something that I was always, it'd be like Disneyland, like a resort, like setting and just totally change the game for like healthcare and programs for people with disabilities. So like the programs in general were just very like, terrible, just not a good energy. And dude, not even, not only were they not a good energy, they were ran, they were all owned and ran by the state of Ohio. That's where I run it. And, uh, I mean, there's like, close to a billion dollars of funds that come in. So it's like they would get the funds, pay it to their own programs they own, which all sucked, and it would just recycle back. And so I had to spend like a year researching all the rules and laws to get certified while I was working full time. I had, I had a mentor that had one other program on the other end of Ohio that was like a private one. And he's like, what you're gonna do is amazing, but you're gonna have to get ready to fight a battle because I had to go up against them at every level. You are like challenging the status quo. This is exactly what he said. And he wasn't saying it to be like, you shouldn't do it, but it's like, that's what I always, when people are like, I'm an optimist, I'm a pessimist. I always consider myself a realist because you can't be blind. Like I looked at that still with like a positive point of view, like I'm going to overcome this but you've got to be a realist to like gather the facts and know, right, this is what I'm going to have to go through. So I spent a year and like every new team member I bring in, even to this day, 17 years later, once they make it past their probationary period, I meet with them. I tell them the whole story of dream shine. And I pull that book out in my office in Ohio. It's like this big with every Medicaid, Medicare rule. I had them all highlighted. I had to be, become like a self-taught lawyer Yeah, and I didn't love doing that, but I knew like the bigger purpose of why I was doing it. So that kept pushing me. And then when we went to open it, it was crazy. Like I did start getting threatening phone calls from like high up in the state telling me not to open DreamShine. And I mean, dude, like my office was in a barn. I was just 26 year old kid with like a flip phone that was before iPhones And i'm like you you couldn't even scan stuff back then i was like printing brochures out from kinko's if they even still have that i don't even know if they have that here in florida (laughs) but a place where you had to like make brochures print them out in bulk like send them in the physical mail about this place called dream shine we were going to be opening up and they just caught wind of that and were already calling me telling me i work high up next to the governor i'm just telling you We've seen these brochures going around. You shouldn't open up DreamShine. We've been doing it this way for like 45 some odd years. And this is the way it's always been. On
0: the flyer and almost outlined sort of how you were going to change it up.
1: Yeah, I was showing like pictures of what it was going to look like and all that stuff. And they were like, they called me to tell me not to open it. But literally like their job is they're supposed to be serving serving everyone because once you're equally certified i learned that in the rule like so i don't, it's want, I don't want to over complicate it's like ins- if you have health insurance yeah. you can choose to go to like any doctor on your network that's like covered yeah in network and a lot of our individuals are on medicaid medicare with disabilities so as long as you're certified like we are as an agency they can choose to go to any certified agency with like their insurance coverage. So we bill insurance kind of like a doctor's office So that first does.
0: year was literally getting insured.
1: It was all getting all the certifications, but it was also battling. So the people high up of the state and everything, they, they were, they didn't say they were lying. They say they accidentally misinformed them, but they would tell the individuals cause they'd have to go through them to come to our program. And they would say, oh, you can't go to that private one you're only certified to come to our state owned ones. And so they, tr- they would lie, they literally were lying. So I would have to call like the head superintendent up, go and meet with them. And I'm just like in my shorts, t-shirt, again, 26 years old. I had the, like the state law already highlighted. I'm like- They're looking at you like- Who's who, this who kid? Who the F is this kid that yeah. He is? yeah, And I like put it on his desk and I'm like, I'm sure you're familiar since you're the, you've been doing it for 40 years. But Rule 5123 blah, blah, blah says like individuals have a right to go to any certified and licensed agency like we are. And if you don't allow them to, you're actually committing Medicaid and Medicare fraud. So at the next level, the whole state of Ohio would have to be investigated through the federal level, which said, I almost had that happen. You said this to them? I, I did. I absolutely did. At a time, I actually almost had the whole state on a freeze for Ohio. It went to such like five years later. That's another crazy story, but basically like the next day, our first individual was enrolled after I met with him and the mom called crying because she was so happy. She didn't think he was going to be able to get in. And now, um, I know I sent you like some picture, or a video, I think, but yeah. now like 17 years later, We have two and a half acres. We serve over 65 individuals. We have, um, a waterfront lodge, a log home. And then we just finished our pirate ship building, which like overhangs the water. It actually is built like a pirate ship and we do just, and actually we're still expanding across the street and everyone like said that was going to be impossible. And a huge reason of, like, sharing that is not even about me, but it's not even the field you're in. Just whatever you're listening and you're going after, like, you're going to go against those Goliaths. And it just, like, literally shows one, if you're willing to put the work in, like, one person can make a difference. It's so fascinating with
0: the existing government program situation because there's just, I mean, think about how much money we spend on taxes every year. And think about all that sum of money goes into the government, right? right. And I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist, but, you know, where is that money being allocated? <laughs> and I, you know, I've seen firsthand working in tech, how quick uh, <laughs> big government is, is down to funnel millions of dollars into mm. these like grants and programs so that if you quick. win, I mean, it can change your life. So it's interesting, like with your situation, because you have all these existing programs that are are dedicated to help people with disabilities right and you see this whole situation playing out and these people have probably had a really cushy situation going and they weren't changing it and it was horrible they looked at you as this guy that was essentially gonna risk stopping it for everyone it's kind of like when everyone's working this hard and that one person's working way faster they're looking at him like yo stop working so fast bro like
1: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah no you're right and and even beyond conspiracies, I've learned a lot of them are just really stupid and lazy and bureaucracies are so not efficiently ran that most of the money was probably just getting wasted on, on stupidity. Some of the people behind the scenes may have been doing some interesting stuff. Who knows? But the like the bigger picture was the programs they had were horrible and the individuals are being neglected. They'd be like going into these huge bath they need full assistance like toileting eating and you imagine that's your own kid that's an adult now like after high school and that's like the only place they can go and i worked at some of them and there'd be like 16 of them in a bathroom with just no one assisting them feces all over and it it was horrible and so like parents were having to like quit their jobs so they could stay home with their kids that are now adults to be able to take it's it's with some of the, there's all different functioning levels, but with some, it's like having a younger kid that needs full assistance your whole life. And they were exhausted. And it was like, that just fueled my why so much of like, no, like we're gonna make something better. So you're able to figure it out,
0: figure out all the behind the scenes, the, the, the paperwork, if you would to yeah. be able to lock in the funding. And what ha- when was like the first sort of breakthrough, the first like kind of like deep breath where you could finally like take a second to breathe because it was it was moving?
1: I mean, it's always a work in progress, but I would say maybe. Four years in to where we then had like our own spot and we were starting to grow. That must be a great feeling. And yeah. And then we, I mean, it's still like the re, then the recession hit. So we're dealing with all that. Like I remember at one point taking using a credit card that had like a, a 20 with good credit, like a 20% interest rate on it to finish one of the basements in one of our buildings. And because that was all we had. And then I, we just got a letter in the mail. They're like, we're raising your interest rate to 30, 35%, like never missed a payment. And it was like always just struggling through that but that helped us grow we pushed through it we paid it off i hate credit cards i don't like to mess with that as much as you can that would be a whole other episode on finances we could do yeah but um then we got invited i think like when we kind of felt cool was like we had our compliance review with the state where they come in they like audit everything and we became one of the first programs like in history in the state to be in 100 percent compliance across the board. And they they go through like everything with your team members, your staff, like every certification, every training, everything you have to have on the grounds. So we so I like, got invited to go speak to that same like head county board that actually told me not to open. And the lady who was there. I still don't say her name was at the event where I spoke at and they like had us as like the honored guest for Dreamshine and um it just so I didn't even know but her her good friend's daughter was attending Dreamshine, the lady that told us not to open. So like after I spoke she came up to me and she's like telling that lady that told me not to open. She's like, have you met Mark? He owns Dreamshine oh, our she, my our she, daughter she goes the there. You love her. Uh, it's the best program ever and all I I shook her hand I'm like I am like I think we've talked on the phone before and like she knew that I knew and that was like one of those like thank like thank you god moments like yeah. coming around full circle. Man, that's so cool. <laughs> so,
0: and then with the exp- so it's most it's in Ohio right now. Is this mm-hmm. same situation happening all across the country?
1: Yes, I've had people ask us to open dream shines and at least like 38 other states and and we're working on expansion and even maybe one day a franchise that's another level of but that tests the leadership and the systems we put in place but we're expanding across the street so we're going to be able to like quadruple we have like 20 20 team members right now too yeah so learning tons on leadership and we're we're uh S corporation. So it's not a nonprofit. It's, it's built like a business. We have a nonprofit entity we're doing for like some of the candles and stuff like that for like our job program. But like I said before, like I knew if we didn't set it up like a legitimate business, I saw too many come and go, then we weren't going to last. Right. But you have to be in it for the right reason too. Yeah. You needed to look at it from that
0: capitalist standpoint to make sure that you can pay the bills and yeah, you know, it's only so far you can go with donations and, and, you know, paying people just to get by. It's, you know, figuring out something that is foundationally set up for success where people are happy, they're paid well, they have the benefits they need. Yeah. And uh, there's probably a lot of benefits to that versus going the nonprofit route.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't, I have a whole new CPA now that like does stuff at a whole other level with having other businesses and entities and we're looking at a nonprofit for the future. We're trying to do a whole residential section that's going to be like smart homes, which no one's ever done in this industry. And we're, uh, that's where I am looking at like grants and stuff where they do have like $9 million grants that we would actually use towards building those smart homes. Then another company like owns the real estate. Um, but that's getting down the line. So there is times where it makes sense and you can have it and they like feed each other. And some of this stuff has gotten, I mean, we always just hear the worst stories of stuff, but I've met, I'm friends with a lot of like very successful, almost billionaires that are some of the most like giving people behind the scenes, you know, and I'm sure you do too. Like there's a lot of great capitalists out there
0: and I'm sure they see your business and they they warms their heart and they want to help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're, they're always like really involved and we help each other and yeah, it's, it's cool. That's
0: something I love about just, just making the shift to being an entrepreneur, you know, (laughs) because a lot of the times, it sucks. Every, like most things about entrepreneurship kind of suck. It's, yeah,
1: I'm so glad you said that because it's, it's fake like fake social media. Every and time
0: something happens in the back of your mind, you're thinking, OK, X can get this done or, you know, boom, can get this done. And then you remember, no, it's it's only you who's going to get it done.
1: At the end of the day, it's on you're accountable for everything, everything like and, and then as you grow, like. And that's such a good thing with, with learning leadership. And I got to a point where I realized like, whoa, I suck at leadership. I've got to learn a lot. It's a skill that was like 12 years ago. And that became a game changer because then you can have head leaders that can solve some of those bigger problems, Mm. but then the super big ones are going to get, and still at the end of the day, like if something doesn't get done, like payroll has to be met. It's on you. Well, it's like a growing pressure every day, you know, it grows, but
0: as long as you can achieve, it's amazing. Absolutely. But the bigger it grows, the bigger, the pressure, the more people you can let down, the more, the more impact it happens. If you fail,
1: you know, that that's, what's the process and the levels of like, I always say I'm like a 15 year overnight success because like when if you get it too quick you it's like you would crumble and it's like each level you go through kind of prepares you for the next so it's like you have five team members 10 20 50 100 and it's like you you keep learning along the way yeah, to just, set just up to
0: even be able to fall asleep at night at with the current levels of stress that you have you know it's yeah we have to have like two
1: hundred and fifty thousand every week just just to meet payroll every other week just to meet like payroll and health benefits now and i remember at a time when we had to have like four thousand and that was stressing me out yeah but it, but it's the same it's just amplified but like everything you go through it, it like trains your mindset for that next level
0: and what i love about it is is the point i wanted to make with this is yes yeah, everything with entrepreneurship kind of sucks in that sense right it's 24-7, seven days a week. You are you don't really have the holidays. You don't really think like that. Anything goes wrong, you're on call. You don't really have a nice 9-to-5 schedule where you know at 5.30 you're going to go to the gym and you're going to go a date night with your girl. It's just crazy because shit has to get done. And, get, <laughs> and the hardest thing is no one's going to compliment you for it. No one's going to no. say, hey, great job, man. We appreciate you. So there's really little reward in that sense. So you have to just have a rock solid. But the thing that I love about it is the day you become an entrepreneur, the day you start sort of self identifying, you start to be able to play in a new class of humans. And that's Mm -hmm. actually my favorite part about it. And I love that you mentioned like we both know successful people, Like I love building because it unlocks my ability to now talk to people that are CEOs of massive corporations allows me Mm -hmm. to talk to other entrepreneurs and have respect and skin in the game. Right. You know what I mean? Because in that respect and skin in the game comes from people that have also gone through that same pressure and feeling. Absolutely. And when you start playing ball, you realize everyone's
1: down to help everyone's down. And you realize too, like, everyone goes through the same. You feel like you're the only one. And some, and I, I don't like a lot of it's mental. Like we'll lay there at night and be like, how am I going to do this? Or you'll get come in my head. 17 years. I've been doing this. We have our monthly all team meetings. I go there, we meet with our whole team. And even still, I'll be like flying there and that thing will come in my head. Like who are you to think you're good enough to go meet with your team? Who are you? It's like, that's that, that crap still, tries to come you just don't allow it to stop you and like everyone that i've known whether it's been very successful professional athletes i mean some of them even like pre-show were like dude i'm so nervous i'm so i had act actors from like breaking bad and some other i don't want to name them specifically but like pre-show they were like i'm feeling nervous and i'm like I just watched your show last week. Like what? I'm like nervous (laughs) to talk to you. And, but like, and I actually, I'm like, can we share that? Because that's like really comforting for people to know that just everyone goes through it. Right. But entrepreneurship and stuff can, we're very isolated and stuff. And, and it's, the rewards are amazing and I'm not complaining. Like I'm super grateful, but yeah, dude, like you're not going to get, like you, you give the praise out, you know, and you're not necessarily going to get all the pats on the backs, but you do through the results and also through like, you know, times when clients reach out and I'm sure like stuff like with a show, there's so much work that goes into a podcast. People have no idea. (laughs) Well, it's funny. You know how uh, a
0: lot of times people probably reach out to you and they almost just assume that you want them on your show. <laughs> yes, yeah. You, know, you get those all the time. Oh, oh, you have a podcast. Oh, great! I'll be on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. And you're thinking in your back of your mind, like they have no idea the <laughs> amount of work hours that goes into producing one episode for real. So it becomes once you get going, you start realizing like it really needs to be your decision to <laughs> want to do it because at the end of the day, it's not a handout thing. It's a it's a it's a production.
1: Yeah, and you'll get burnt out too.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, and it's also like an obsession, you know, it's an obsession in the sense that it's so much work. I mean, like the <laughs> podcast is great because we have sky and, and we've been able to do this and grow this together. I wouldn't be able to do it without sky. That's awesome. I wouldn't be able to have this flow, this function, these camera systems. It's a team. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I wouldn't be able to have uh, people that we, that my editor team, my uh, guy that helps with SEO for the website and like the, the four or five other players that all work together for the right. podcast to make it so that I can do it while managing three or four other things at the same time
1: and a company and everything else too. Yeah. That's what I explain too. like people will see my books or my speaking or the show. And I'm like, that's 10%, like 80 or 90% is like also my company dream shine.
0: But it's also like you look at Dave Portnoy with Barstool sports, like 10 years he built Barstool sports and then like the 11th year it went viral.
1: Right. Well, that that's my point, a 10, 15 year overnight success. It's, it's literally like the, I don't know if you read like three feet from gold. It's actually a really good book, but it's, it's like the example you, I'm sure you've seen it with a miner with a pick mm-hmm. and, and like on the other end of the rock, they're like this close to hitting it and there it shows two of them, but they can't see how close they are. And it's like three feet on the other end of it. They're about to hit gold and they've been doing it and doing it and doing it. And one is like, finally, like, I can't do it anymore and leaves and like two more hits and you're about to hit gold. But the thing is, like, you don't know if you're two hits away or two million away. And it's like you just everyone I've ever met and known that's truly been successful. It takes time. It takes years. But you can, but you can do more than you think. It just takes usually longer than you think. And if you can get that in your head and like tap into your why, like imagine if they would have given up like on that 10th year, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's the journey. And that's the thing that it's hard to remember. <laughs> I know it's hard to remember when you're not killing it, when you yeah. think about the journey, because everyone always says that they look back and the journey was actually the best part. It, you know, a lot
1: of times the journey sucks, you know, but it's just <laughs> sucks. yeah but it sucks yeah it totally sucks yeah. but
0: there's these moments there's these these moments of dopamine that are so exciting like you get True. a big order or you uh, all of a sudden everything goes out the door for a minute you just like your heart stops a second that's because right it could be you and and you know being in the in the entrepreneur space you start to meet so many other entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and you know one thing that I've always shared that I feel grateful for is you know, I, I never have any, like, um, like jealousy that with people. I try mm-hmm. not to have that because it doesn't help anything, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd rather root on my friends. Everyone wins. Together, everyone wins, you know. But it also does um, friendly competitiveness get right. to you because you're like hey if this person can do it i know i can do it too and that's what's great for the podcast like i love the podcast because it forces me to mm-hmm. network with high-powered individuals and entrepreneurs that become some of my best friends that's right but it also reminds you like shit i can do this too sky can do this too mark can do this too yeah Th- these guys just took action instead of just thinking 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 for three months straight mm-hmm. they just took action 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 and one of them led down a
1: road that led to more action and holy shit you know and you start to absorb it like A sponge, like, and I always say respect the levels, like what you just said, too. Because, and I'm the same, rather than getting envious or jealous, I get inspired, and I'm like, man, if they did that, that means I can do that one day, and I don't have to kill myself if I don't have 15 yachts right now or something. But it's awesome to see that that can be done, yeah, you know. And I've I've say this a lot, but like, I've never ever like ever met ever a hater that was doing better than me like i've never met a hater that was at a way higher level than me it's always someone that's like down here like picking and hating like hate never comes from above and i think
0: that's also the reason why it's easier as you get older to be an entrepreneur though it's harder because you have less time in a sense Hmm. but it's easier because you have less fucks You know, when you're younger, (laughs) you're just so infatuated with what people think of you and your follower count and what Jenny from high school is thinking about the video you just posted.
1: Social media is a whole other game. Yeah.
0: But as you get older, you get more like IDGAF. You get more, (laughs) I'm in my zone. I'm in my lane. This is who I am. Yeah. I know I'm never even going to see those people that are in the back of my mind probably ever again. (laughs) Right. And, uh,
1: and I'm, I, what, what's stopping me, you know? Yeah, but it's a good, I mean, we all go have those thoughts and stuff, and I continue to remind myself, if what I feel like I'm doing is genuine and pure and helping people, then, like, fuck it, because I'm a Christian, I believe in God, like, someone could write right now and be like, how dare you just say fuck it and believe in God and stuff, and I'm like, like, you don't know, like, my relationship between God is between God and myself, like, Someone could never say a swear word in their life and be out like murdering babies or something and act like they're perfect. Well,
0: it also makes you relatable.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't overly cut, But that's my choice. I don't care if people cuss. I just, I continually try to be like as authentic as I can. Yeah. And it takes, like we all go through that. We'll do stuff and be like, man, what was that that I said? What Should I put that out there? Are they, and then I just like have to think, if I did this with the right purpose to try to help people.
0: Well, it's interesting because, you know, I, I'm a podcaster, but I think behind the scenes, I think Sky can agree, you know, we're kind of comedians, you know, like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah, a funny aspect of life. There's a lot of shit that gets said that would never, I'm still, I become way better at saying what I want to say on the podcast. That's cool. But you know, c- comedy is one of my favorite things ever is uh, laughing at the diabolicalness of what's going on in the world, you know, which is why Joe Rogan started
1: a comedy show one day, actually,
0: you know, it's why Joe Rogan's so successful because he can go from talking about what's happening in Israel to laughing about, you know, um, processed milk or something, or just making a crazy joke. It's, most yeah. most people yeah. are actually like kind of diabolical. Not diabolical. That's a bad word. Most people are very sick in a fun way. They're, they're sick people. Mm. They laugh. They joke around. They want to see funny shit. That's why yeah. Trump sl- crushed it because he freaking entertained he, those he's people. He's like you know? a
1: character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, dude, Trump. You, you, you have to have a sense of humor. And you're right. Like when something. That's what I look at with guests. Like Some of them are like, here's my 10 questions you can ask me and don't ask anything off that. And I'm like, no thanks. Like, that's just, I love you, but that's not a good fit. Mm. That, go beyond like the news or radio or it's just, but I feel like you have to kind of have that in your personality to be able to just talk and have conversations and joke yeah. and calm down. And like Donald Trump, I remember uh, it was Dave Chappelle. It was so funny. it was when coronavirus came out and uh, Dave Chappelle's like, man, I don't like Donald Trump that much, but I got to admit it. I was watching him speak one day and he was talking about coronavirus and he came out and called it the Kung flu. (laughs) And and he's like, (laughs) man, he's like, I was, I almost fell out of my chair. He's like, that's supposed to be my job. He's like, (laughs) he's like, how's he doing that? Like I'm the one supposed to be making jokes and he just, he was, oh man. It's great. It's great.
0: You know, people resonate with realness and people resonate. And that's also why a lot of in social media world, if you can get someone on social media who can be edgy, mm-hmm. it makes people almost pull them to their brand. Sometimes like you see the slim Jim guy, guy, you know who I'm talking about? The slim Jim.
2: It's like, the OG Slim Jim guy? Yeah, like
0: someone owns the Slim Jim account. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like when like it was like the re- like, shit. when yeah, was the used it, used like that snap gym. into
1: a Slim Jim? I remember that. No, no, there's like then. a
0: guy who runs the Slim Jim account and the Slim Jim account's always commenting like ridiculous shit on everything as it relates to like a big, hard piece of meat.
1: <laughs> and people love <laughs> That's it. That's awesome.
0: People eat it up. It's on Instagram more so than, but yeah, Slim Jim. And then and every one of their posts, they have mm. a 69 in the comments in the,
1: not in the comments, in the photo somewhere hidden. That's genius. It will, li- look, we're, we're literally talking about it, right? We're advertising for them right now. Like that's a perfect example. I guarantee you some people are like, you can't do that. They're gonna, but now we're talking about it on your show, advertising them because like what they're doing is working.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. I don't, uh, you have to sign in in order to uh, see it. But if you clicked one of those photos, there's always like a hidden 69, <laughs> but it's like people always want to be, I, that's the thing that I'm I'm always trying to tap into is mm. it's just like, you know, for me, a lot of it's been health. So I'm, I'm really fired up on becoming, like, I'm going to be launching a course in about five months. It's nice. a full detox program uh, because health and wellness is like everything in this world. You know, I've never been like a personal trainer. I've always been fit, but I've always struggled with gut issues. And I just hate how many times I've had to say no to things because Mm. like, I just was too sick to do it because of cravings, like eating croissants, like simply eating a croissant, like can F up my whole day, you know, really simple things like that. So I'm excited and passionate about Mm. that. But Someone could say, well, hey, Ian, there's 8 million detox courses out there. Why would yours be successful? And I think it's interesting because everyone has a unique voice. Yeah. And my unique voice will bring f- comedy and mm. fun to this annoying process of changing your entire life, which, which is tough. You <laughs> I know like I mean? that. And that's what I love what you did with your book. 16 reasons why your business sucks. Yeah. yeah. Because you took your own experiences, you boiled them down to bite-sized chunks, three or four pages per chunk. Yeah. Talking about where you effed up and how you learned.
1: Yeah. I was just like, here's where I sucked. Here's how I learned to get better at it. Here's a real life example. And here's how to do it. Like given an example and the how, and it's like, all right, next section without breaking it down like all these equations and stuff that's just not even necessary necessary or relatable and it's important
0: to talk about where you su- where you sucked you know what i mean because that's what makes it relatable
1: yeah no you you're know? right well it goes the same with your courses too i was just thinking you bring the comedy into it but also you've been through it so you're not preaching like from someone that is just saying this you're like i and it makes you relatable and you can like emphasize with the people that are going through it. And you could go from the comedy to being like really real. Like I remember, I'm sure you went through depression at times where you're like, how am I going to go on? A date? If this is going to happen, I'm not going to get sick I'm and like dropping atomic bombs. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> like it's funny, but like in the moment, I'm sure it was like so you could relate to people totally. that are probably like li- like almost in isolation and stuff because of that. too. Totally. Yeah.
0: And it's interesting because any time you ever change careers or try something new, you're going to look like an idiot. Right. So you, you have like to go
1: through terrible on the way to becoming great. So the people that are going to be
0: <laughs> most happy. You know, you want to try kite surfing, you're going to look like a jabroni when you start,
1: <laughs> you know, and if you're like you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I do. Oh, yeah. I love that show. Hell Sorry. Yeah.
0: Go ahead. The uh, the Christmas special is one of my favorite. Oh, things my ever. God. We watch it every year. Me and my
1: dad and my brother. That's fantastic. That's the first time I've heard someone else besides me or like my tight circle say jabroni. I love it. 100.
2: I didn't know you were into it, Sonny James. that's that's yeah, like
1: Christ- dude that's like one of my I could do you know the whole Christmas special
2: that. where Danny DeVito comes out
0: of the couch falls <laughs> <shredding his> <laughs> off yeah. that's one of the most iconic scenes he's like stuff. hiding in
1: the le- he's, like, <laughs> and he's <Yeah>. naked <laughs> and they're
0: just stealing presents from other
1: people I mean,
0: it's, <laughs> it's such a good Christmas energy
1: oh man that show is fantastic
0: I love people that I love creating uh, traditions you know. Yeah. Cuz I feel that if you can if find to jump
1: out of this couch. Yeah. We have <laughs> it set
0: up. Be, if you can find excitement in creating your own traditions, I feel that you get to create a really cool life. Because it's like a lot of people want to go home to their families cuz of like the apple pie or mm. certain things that remind them, but that all started with one person creating the tradition. That's true. So it's kind of fun to think about creating a tradition. Like we created a tradition here called Recovery Sundays. Where, you know, we, uh, me and a couple of my health-minded friends, Dr. Mike Parzak, chiropractor, uh, we're going to get Mr. EEG on, Toby Passman coming soon. And we all do, like, sauna, ice bath, breath work, you know, like... And then everyone gets super stoned. And it's just like this really fun experience <laughs> That's of cool, it, though. like dialing in your body, getting really like, yeah. uh, it, it's a cool bonding experience. I don't know where I was going with that, but
1: <laughs> no, no, it's great. Well, I actually cut you out before you, when you said jabroni, I got too excited and you, you were saying something when you said jabroni, you were making a point. Well, all I, when I think of the
0: word jabroni, I always say every jabroni leads to a homie. Every dud leads to a stud. <laughs> so you can't count anyone out you know (laughs) that's awesome you gotta be down it's like uh i think about with people almost like uh a goldsmith with his little pan Mm and he throws a bunch of sand in there and a few pebbles come out like i think about that with people Mm -hmm. you know you never you can't judge people until you you get to find out who they are, what they are, because you don't know someone's value. You don't know yeah. what they can offer you. So you always have to be a lifelong learner. And if you're so true. standoffish, if you're, you know, and everyone has an ego. So I can't say like, if you do, I don't have an ego. Everyone has an ego. But if you let the ego get the best of you mm. and you, that's the, that's a big reason why And I think Sky, we were talking about this, how certain i don't know let's just call it like greenwich connecticut like one of like the richest places in the u.s like sometimes when you get super super wealthy people together the parties actually suck so much more (laughs) than when you get like just normal people around they're boring the
1: generational wealthy people that not like the self-made that because it's when you like came from like and built it the ground up like those parties could be fun if you've like made it yeah but yeah i could see that the generational where it's all like you get everyone's unplugged. wearing the same thing and it's like you have to have the 13 forks and all that crap and the 13 forks yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and it's also interesting because it's uh it, you just don't want to become one of those people that's so only stays in one lane 24 7 like i love my, yeah. my friends are the type of people who can hang with the, the richest of the rich can go on the yacht handle themselves can go to the upscale party right you know, present themselves but also can go to like a poor place in the dominican republic and just vibe out on the beach with locals like those are my favorite type of people
1: that's the way there, there there's a poem i even been in my book with it. it's called if by kipling and it taught it's like talks about that and there's a saying it's like if you can walk with kings but also walk with like I forget what he calls them, but like mere men, he's like, then, then you are a leader and stuff. And it's like being able to like, not let something get to your head, man. It's so good on like failing and succeeding, but that's what, that's what I always continually strive to be like where, where we are now. Like you'll see when, when you're on our show, like the neighbor, like we started with nothing. But I mean, now like you have to go through security to get to our neighborhood. There's like NBA players that live in our neighborhood and it's all it's people could come and see me us uh, now and think like, oh, it must be like the younger me would have thought that. But like the UPS man will come and deliver and like I'll just start talking to him and then he'll be like, how did you get to live here? And I'll, I'll be like, dude, I was in jail at age 17. And like sometimes I can relate to people like that. I just people that are real I can always relate to but yeah it's important that you're able to not like you can go and hang with people and and be the person that's successful and has the yacht and also like my wife's from Sierra Leone West Africa and we go there and we hang out we help people and you're also able to like just be relatable at, at every level you know you don't have to be a I, Miami's cool, but you, like I think on the phone we were talking about, there's like you know some douchebags too totally. that when people just try, I think like when people try way too hard, it's like most people I know that really have money. Sorry, oh, I know. Worries at all? Um, thought I had that off. You don't. If you really have it, you don't have to like try to flaunt it like that you know but uh, there's nothing wrong with having like a nice car and all that like tons of people in my neighborhood do and if that's what you love that's cool but you don't have to per perp- like always put this front on where it's you're like lonely too good to talk or w- it's, it, it's, a lonely, it's so lonely
0: it's a lonely and a fake front because if yeah. you're flexing that all the time you're gonna attract fakeness yeah you know and some people you say you know miami's a place that can swallow you up and and like wipe you out but the truth is that if you're comfortable in your own skin, it's not going to mess with you.
1: And you'll meet. So when we moved to Boca Raton, which is like a super nice
2: area, it has, it's, it's beautiful.
1: It's, it's really cool. Yeah. But there's like, there is a lot of like stuck up idiots, but when my wife and I moved there, uh, we were in Ohio and I'm like, okay, yeah, but uh, there's going to be idiots. And we're at a whole other level. We're living where we have the private country club and all that, but we'll always find like-minded people wherever we go. There's going to be idiots. Even you could be like broke living somewhere. There'll be idiots and they'll be, they'll be relatable people. It, it's the same way too. Like you don't have to hang out with the douchebags. Quick pivot, by the way. Tell, talk to us about what landed you in jail. <laughs> yeah, speaking of being authentic too. um, <laughs> I, I mean, I talk about it in my first book, but from having my company, DreamShine, it wasn't till like seven years in when it this feeling came like it's time to share that story. And I remember thinking, well, what's everyone going to think about me? Because I had become like well-known throughout meeting with like, you know, high-end people and board meetings. And I was still always me, but I was thinking like, what are the parents going to think, the families? And it was the opposite. It was like, oh, you went through that like that. My son's going through this and and all this stuff. But without making it a whole other show, basically, I graduated. I I was in all types of nonsense in high school. I somehow managed to graduate early um, at age 17, like not with a good GPA at all, but. Somehow graduated early. I was living in a trailer with two other dudes working at a Harley Davidson shop Doing every drug possible selling them Blacking out driving for years. I wouldn't even remember getting home like I can't believe I didn't kill someone or myself or I just it, all, all the time and it finally took one night we were somewhere like doing I think like speed Coke and drinking and everything else. And it was like two in the afternoon and they were like, dude, they, they took me home like to our trailer and like, we weren't the type were like, you've had too much. You need to go home. Like we'd be laughing and like dumping more shots down. So if they took me home, that means like I was out of my mind. And all I remember is I woke up, it was night. And in Colorado, we had a place called Wiener Snitchel. It's Wiener Dog, and it was open 24 hours. I so, I got into my car. Somehow I drove, and my only memory is I'm, like, I'm in the drive-through, and there was this giant like, cowboy truck in front of me. And I just remember it was like fading in and out, and I passed out. The next thing I know, dude, I like I, I believe I was dead because it was – just blackness and then it was also just like boom and I'm just like my eyes jolt open and I'm like okay where what's going on where am I why is the ground so cold it was pavement under me and I'm like okay I'm not in my room I look up dude there's this guy laying in the cell with this giant like giant beard like this full-grown man I'm still only a 17 year old kid and I start getting up and, uh, and then the police officer comes to the door. He's like, Mr. Menard step outside. And I'm like, what I, I go out. I was in the holding cell. He takes me to start doing my mugshot. I still don't have a clue what happened. My face pops up on the screen and the whole left side was all smashed in and swollen. My jaw was broken. My eye socket was fractured. And I had found out from the police reports that like when i was driving behind that dude basically i just passed out and my car like rear-ended him and then pulled it off and the witness report from the workers there said he just opened my door and i'm just laying there like that and this was like a 36 year old grown man with with warrants for assault like in another state and he just had a field day on my face just pounded the living crap out of me you just beat the shit out yeah. of me yeah <laughs> and um and I was dealing weed at that time. It wasn't legal. And I I remember I had an ounce and I had it broken up into like different bags, like eights at the time. And that, that, that would have been a felony and proof that I was selling it. Somehow when he beat me down, that all fell out of my pocket. So I don't know, maybe he took it. Maybe I wasn't like asking the cops, like, Hey, where's my ounce of weed? (laughs) So I didn't get charged with that. But, um, I went through such a long process and because my blood alcohol was so high there, the cop was like, I, when I read the report, I thought they said you're in the holding. cell." I'm like, no, dude, this guy is either dead or in the hospital getting his stomach pumped. And they're like, no, he's in the cell. And like they're like, I have not seen someone with a blood alcohol like content that high that was not. drugs
0: can allow you to hit that higher level.
1: That and I was the other and I wasn't like, oh, that's because I did speed and coke. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but dude, I had been just living like that for like years. And it took going through that whole process of court getting charged the highest. I try to have my whole little victim story to the judge about my pictures and my face beat up judge just told me everything I needed to hear was like, are you done? I'm like, yeah. And she was like, like, forget about your little face getting beaten in. Like y- your, your blood alcohol was so high. Like you could have wiped out a whole family in a minivan. And I had other stuff before that too, for like, not, I I think like it DWAI and, possess- and some little so it was things, all adding
0: up, so they but needed to teach you a lesson y-
1: yeah a true one that i needed because my mindset was all backwards i'm like you're i used to think you're born successful you're you're either smart or you're dumb you're i like thought i was dumb
0: you're not
1: yeah yeah and i'm like that's for them not me and um anyway going through that whole process being on probation losing my license for two years having to ride my bike take breathalyzers I had do like 282 hours of therapy. They they gave me the maximum of everything or else I was going to be like doing 12 months. Well, that's gnarly because... And then my face smashed into and my jaw like partially wired. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, your Kanye West moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great, yeah. great song. <laughs> that's crazy. It that is a great song.
0: Well, it's it's crazy because... It's, I mean, a lot of people have done drugs when they were younger or they experimented it, but some people have more addictive personalities and then there's, you know, childhood traumas from like your family being effed up and crazy things happening in your house and you don't know what to do. So you escape. I think one big thing is, is who you hang out with when you're, when you're younger, like the the crew you
1: hang out with, you know, I had good parents and you're so, I preach this to my kid. I'm like so you know like look around your five friends and that's what you'll be like that saying yeah i the two guys i lived with in the trailer i hadn't talked to him for like years when i wrote my book i looked it up they're both dead one of them shot himself i think he was like still doing coke all the time the other one had two like little girls man and um overdosed from a bunch of painkillers and whiskey like Ugh. in their late 20s it's terrible. so like a hundred percent of the people i was with at that time are dead like that that would have been me like had that not happened and i didn't immediately just like i can go drink and stuff now and i'm not like a full-blown alcoholic i was just in that time just doing everything all the time and just being an idiot and the people i was around and just getting more and more into all that but like when i wanted to start to change i remember them like calling me a sellout. And being like people like us don't like I was thinking of going to school totally, and, and that's I another reason why it's like you got to get out of your hometown, you know? Yeah, yeah. man, that's another thing too. You, you got to get change. out. I mean,
0: whenever whenever I go back, even to, to my home, like I, I love Loudonville, New York. I love Albany, um, for the most part. I don't love it, but I I like yeah my memories and yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I just immediately get lazier. I get less productive. Hmm. I like go back to like being like a, like a 13, 14 year old mindset.
1: That's interesting. It's almost like it pulls you back. Like,
0: yeah, I'm not like, I want to go work and grind all day. Like I'm not inspired. I'm not creative. (laughs) I'm more just more haunted,
1: (laughs) man. Like Jesus couldn't do miracles in his own hometown, (laughs) which is always like interesting of a mindset thing to me too. He could do them everywhere, but not in his own hometown
0: one thing i think that's interesting with the drugs is you know i know a couple people here in miami that are super successful but they're like full coke heads yeah and it's it's it's
1: like gross it'll catch up it is it is it's not like it's just it's not cool and if they're doing it like all the time too like that's their coffee and stuff like they show those wall street movies and they make it look cool and sexy or like scarface but they they never have like a happy ending. Yeah, you either end up dead or in jail. I just think coke's overrated. I don't know. It, it's coke with is the fentanyl
0: deal too. It's just it's horrible. I heard a crazy statistic. How many people die a year from fentanyl overdoses? Oh, dude, is I'm it like a hundred thousand? I'm glad that I think crap it might be as, as high day. as that, or that just might be the stat that I just watched in a Netflix movie.
1: I heard that too. Like That's
0: crazy. The guy that played Captain America. Yeah, 76,000 in 2022 fentanyl was responsible for 200 deaths every day over a quarter of a million Americans have died from a fentanyl overdose since 2018 in 2022 73,654 people died from a fentanyl overdose in the U.S. that's insane because if you go on the news and you see like three people died in this crash or this was a school like a shooting but you never see that number pop up
1: no they don't I know it's weird or er, er, 50 people died from COVID, but they don't say like 73,000 die from fentanyl. Like what even, I- I'm glad that wasn't around back in my day. I don't even know what it is. I'm pretty sure it's a painkiller. Mm, maybe it was around.
2: Fentanyl's been around. They just used it more in the hospital se- setting. It's like a morphine.
1: Oh, okay.
2: They still administer it in hospitals.
1: Okay. But I guess the issue is But it's become more and more...
2: Once it hits the streets, it's cheaper than heroin. So people do it. Got it.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, it's a scary situation because, you know, here you are, you're a young kid. You're just... All you know is your school. You don't even know, like, more outside of that. Your brain hasn't been open to it. You have no idea... And you're trying to like get with a cute don't girl worry, at school. it's
2: approved by the drug or the Food and Drug Administration.
0: <laughs> and you're right. trying to, and you're trying to get with a cute girl at school. And next thing you know, she's doing drugs. Now you're doing drugs, and it yeah. just so happened that the drug had fentanyl in it, and now you and the girl are dead.
1: So wow, that's insane. Oh, they like smoke in it or something? No, they, they have s- like kill. snort it. Like oh, okay, like cocaine, I like
2: have seen enough YouTube videos of these. Uh, Street stories they inject it snort it smoke it it's all it's just like heroin that's
1: crazy
0: which is a big reason why if drugs were legalized a lot of this would go down probably because if they were legalized at least it would be safe like the drugs that they were doing because people aren't trying to do fentanyl they're trying to do cocaine and it just happens to have it in them Mm. that's like the big argument for legalizing drugs like in amsterdam or other places where drugs are legalized like drug use hmm. went down
1: tremendously for like the whole popular. Yeah. There's like the main street there with a lot of Amsterdam people don't realize is like, it's really beautiful. Like the way they have like the canals and stuff like I haven't been. the been? surrounding. Yeah. It's, it's nice, but like there's this strip where they have like the drugs and all that, but it's not, yeah, it's not the way you think. Um, but yeah, like Coke, God, I don't even, back in the day, I would never was like addicted or whatever. Like, would do it with my dumb friends and who knows what the hell they put in it. Half the time it could have had like bleach mixed with it for all I would have known. I I'm, I'm just lucky I'm still alive, but yeah, I mean, that's what's important,
0: man. And your mindset is so cool. I remember when we first jumped on the phone, you know, Mm. we just instantly vibed because the reality is, is, you know, you're a good guy, you're solving a problem that helps people and that off the bat gives you more inspiration. You know, I think a lot of times when people aren't motivated because a lot of times you go to these seminars, like three quarters of the people that go to a Tony Robbins event are never going to do shit after that event. Yeah, It's just word, word gasms, you know, just getting them off. But I think the big thing is the reason why they're not doing it is that they're not inspired. Like they're not solving a problem that's inspiring enough to make them get up. They're not.
1: and, And like, here's a great example. Yeah. Like as a guy. they want it to be easy. They want to like constantly have that feeling of, there's nothing wrong with like going to Tony Robbins for like a pick me up and use that as like a tool. But some people, they want to constantly, and I want to hear your story, but like, they want to constantly have that feeling. And, and that's what you and I were kind of talking about but we didn't hit exactly, but like being an entrepreneur and building something, there's a lot of days you do not feel like, feel like doing it. True. And you're not like, yeah, like Tony Rob fist bump. We're gonna do a show, but it's like your bigger picture, of why you're doing it. Totally. Is like, I no, I need to do this, dude. I've I've had amazing guests and been so busy. I'm like, oh god, I have a show today. I'm not, but every time I'm done, I'm like, man, I'm so glad that we did that. It's just, it's with everything. But people sometimes falsely think, well, if I wake up, I'm not feeling the same way I felt at that Tony Robbins event, this must not be my purpose. And I'm like, no, it's the opposite. Uh, Really. When you go after it, you're going to go through like more levels of hell than you ever knew were imaginable, but you'll have that. Why that will push you through. But Uh, I think that's what you were saying is some people maybe don't have a why or something or, well, I was thinking
0: just like, they're just not inspired
1: enough. Like
0: as a guy, right. hmm. A lot of the times guys are not as clean as girls. I mm-hmm. then guys get more clean as they get older and they mature. We take longer um, to mature. But yeah. like, I don't know. Sometimes my house is an absolute shit show. Right. But if I know, like, a girl's coming over, <laughs> bro, I, I mean, I clean this thing head to toe, up and down, like, I crush it. That's I'm, awesome. I'm motivated because, like, I want to put a good show, like, I want to make sure that someone sees me. Like, when I do a podcast, I try to clean the house. Yeah. Because I want nice, first impressions. Or, I mean... I got to do the floor, but first impressions are everything. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. 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 You don't want people coming here and like having trash and stuff all over. So it's like your
0: website. You want your website to look clean
1: because that's people's first impression. You know, you want it to be dialed.
0: Yeah. Like, you you know, you got to have that urgency to want to make sure your product looks good. That's a good word. What's going to happen when all of your friends see it and that's what they're going to think about.
1: (laughs) Now you're going to have to, now you're going to have to work backwards because they already saw the product. Now you And and like that sense of urgency is like the key because people think that you always have it all together if you're an entrepreneur. And it's like, no, dude, there's so many times where I don't, everything's a mess, but when it comes to the wire and I have to have it done, I'll do whatever I have to do. I won't sleep. Like I will get it done when it has to get done. Like that sense of urgency hits and it's like, we don't stop. And I also feel like, They've tried to make being an entrepreneur so sexy that they've made it feel like everyone has to be an entrepreneur or else they're like a loser. And it's like, no, like there's a lot of people. I have some amazing people on my team that like my highest paid director started doing direct care, worked all the way up to the top, makes more with a high school degree than people with multiple MBAs she's so happy leading herself, leading other people like totally in her zone. I would never stop her from going after her dream if that was it. Totally. But uh, like a lot of people, you don't, and I'm not saying not to, if that's what's in your heart, but like, don't let someone tell you like, because I said this, you should do this and you're not good if you're doing this. Totally. You know what I mean?
0: hundred percent. I mean, it goes back to, here's the other thing, nine out of 10 people that even try aren't even going to make it. I know. So I, I, I don't believe in the burn your bridge, you know, burn the boats. We're going all in. I I like having a plan B, a plan C, a plan D. It's you know? like a
1: stretch. It's kind of, bu- it's funny with sayings like that. Everything kind of contra like everything's true and everything also contradicts itself. Like you could pull sound bites from my speaking events where one thing I said here I meant it and it was true. And then an hour later I'm saying the total opposite and it's also true, Yeah. but it's like understanding like the yin and yang of it all and how it, there are times when you have to kind of have that burn the ship's mentality, but also if things change like, okay, you've got to pivot and adjust and like re strategize and you're still going after that, like North star or that treasure, but it's like, well, we just got a bunch of new information what we were doing here with these ships, like literally isn't working. So we're not like giving up, we're changing and re-strategizing because we have better information on what we're gonna do. And then also, yeah, like you said, there's there's times where you do a side hustle for a while. I know a lot of people that have done that and then that started taking off while they were working till they got to a point where it's like, now I need to go all in because this is starting to make as much revenue as my job. Right. So, yeah, there's no one thing for everything.
0: And then there's also the American way of life, which is work, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. And then there's the European way of life or other cultures where it's not as hard on work. It's more family and living. And that's also another a whole different level of existence that a lot of people don't know in America.
1: (laughs) It is. And it's in there's great things there. And then it's all it's like a balance. Cause I would like, I've been to Paris a lot, like with my wife with my family for speaking events and I love it. And we spent a a month there the summer before last. And I remember sometimes it'd be like a Wednesday night and we, everyone eats super late there. And my wife and I were eating, it was like almost midnight and everyone's just out there eating dinner, but it would be like these old couples in like their seventies. And I'm like, man, aren't they tired? Like, and they're just drinking and they're having fun. And I'm like, does anyone work? Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I felt like that in San Diego when we were living in San Diego.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh man. Um, I was like, does anyone we work almost or moved does everyone to just surf and chill all day? <laughs> yeah. That's a cool, I, I like San Diego. Me too.
0: I love San Diego. If there wasn't Miami, like a second place to live, it would be San Diego. San Diego is awesome. But I, I mean, I just don't like California vibes, generally speaking. But San Diego as a, as a hub is sick.
1: It's, it's like a little separate pocket that's still cool. It's not the same as like all the other areas that have gotten totally. out of control. It's, but it's you're still. Go,
2: you're visiting San Diego soon, right, Sky? I uh, pushed it back towards like snowboard season, so oh, nice.
1: <laughs> like Coronado, and so yeah, I love. Yeah, San all those Diego. Navy Seals there yeah yeah it's cool too yeah the
0: water's one thing i don't like about that is how the water's pretty dirty
1: Mm. and it gets colder too like the water here is always warm like a pool like there i i lived in california i was actually born there originally there are certain times like in the winter we have to wear like a wetsuit and stuff to get in yeah it'll get cold san diego stays pretty much the same like year-round though the weather there is freaking amazing
0: well, it's so crazy what you've built, man. I mean, your 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 lessons, the practicalityness, the ability to take what you've learned, and 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 the success of your show, man. You've had such unbelievable guests on your podcast. It's inspiring for me. Oh, thank um, you. You know, as I work out and continue to build the show, um, what what has
1: kept you going with that for so hmm. long? It's a great question, because um, it's been like eight years now. And again, like I have my full other business, so I never like needed to do, it was more of like I wanted to give back and the connections I've made, like there's times we make revenue from it, we've had sponsors, but it's still not been like, even when we made it in the top 100 in iTunes, which was awesome, but it still didn't make it to a level where it's like, oh, I'm making A million you know two mil like two million a month from from like YouTube revenue like it hasn't hit that level yet like I believe it will but it's been continually doing it to connect with people and help people and I look at it as like a way of like giving back um and and the connections I make like every time I want to stop like or someone will write in and be like, dude, that episode you just did, like I was going through a really dark time. And I'm like, man, it's, I don't know if someone saw it. And they like that, that like helped push me to to like keep going. And it's oh, like yeah. that, it's like things like that, where it's like, I don't get to give up. So, um, and there's times like we were talking on the phone where I was, we'll do a show a week. I stayed on that. And then sometimes with what's going on with other things and maybe like, all right, we're gonna do one a month for a while. And now we're pushing back to one a week, but I've never been able to totally stop. And it just, it keeps building and growing and stuff, but it's, it's a lot of work, you know, but like what you guys have here is cool. And you meet amazing people. And those, some of those connections, have done stuff between myself and business that have built up more and like made more than any ads or anything. Totally, and that's the thing ever that people don't. That's the like, secret
0: gift. Yeah, that's the gift right there, folks. Yeah. You know, if you ever if you ever hear someone say, "Everyone has the
1: podcast," it does not about that. It's Do about they conversations. Last? Yeah, and uh, I've seen a lot of people have them for like a year or so, and go. And some of it reach out and be like, dude, Mark, I respect you now more. knowing because people don't know how hard it is. Totally. But a lot of them have them. But to, to keep it going yeah. is a whole other thing.
0: Well, one thing we always ask every one of our guests, it's like a staple for the show. And uh, I love the different responses. But if you could go back in time and talk to the 17 year old you that was all fucked up on drugs, that was going through those times, you're in a different headspace and the current you could have had a moment speaking with the younger you yeah and you could have told him maybe one two or three things that could have saved you a ton of time
1: money heartache headache lessons what do you think you would have told him i get asked this a lot so first is my stupid like corny dad joke where i would say time travel exists by the way because <laughs> i'm here from the future <laughs> um god it's so stupid <laughs> um and then i just go back in my time machine and leave no um To be honest, I I would tell myself, and that's everything that I do with the books and all that I'm thinking of my younger self and that person that, like, you're not stupid. You're not, just because you're different and you think different, and right now you think that that's a disadvantage, and you struggle with these things like anxiety and overthinking is actually one of the biggest blessings and that's going to continue to separate you like from everyone else and that's going to build you up to be so much more successful and being able to help people and if you're willing to just like work hard and not give up like you you truly can do anything and it's not about being born smart or the straight a student or any of that crap Like, all this stuff that you thought was your weaknesses are actually going to become your strengths. And also, the one other main thing is confidence. You're not born with confidence. And it's a muscle. And you can build it with work, with practice. You can build it just like any other muscle. And you can become whatever you want.
0: I can't think of a better way to end the show with that Mm. because that was fire, man. I love that. Thank you.
1: That's special. It's been an honor to be here. I love how
0: you said you're not stupid. Because think of how many times we tell each other we're
1: stupid when we're young. Like, oh, what an idiot. I used to think I was, man, because I wasn't like the straight. I thought if you weren't the straight A student, I thought they just had it all. Yeah. That was their path. And like a lot of them work for me now. And I don't say that in some stupid bragging, but it's like, everything we have in our heads, it can get so twisted of what reality is. And that was pulling me down into all the drugs and the stupidity. It was all a lie. It was all a lie. Yeah. You don't have to like you, anyone can do anything if they just believe in it and like, don't like really don't give up. And that's part of their purpose. So, well, man,
0: I appreciate you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you making the drive out here. This has been so much fun.
1: Yeah. How can people follow you? How can people follow and find all these beautiful books, get them in their hands? <laughs> um, I made it. It's, so if you just go to like Mark Menard, M-A-R-K-M-I-N-A-R-D, um, I think .net. I gave it the wrong, the wrong one last time. I think it is. And then it's Mark Menard on all social media, Instagram, YouTube, um, the podcast, Elevating Beyond. Yeah, thank you for pulling it up. Is it markmenard.site or .net? We have our DreamShine one. I always screw it Mark
2: up. markmenard.net.
1: Thank you. <laughs> um, and that has connections to all that social media, everything. And please reach out. I love to connect with anyone. You can find the books and everything there, the shows. But it's just an honor. And I hope this, um, this helps anyone. That, that's what I care about. Appreciate you,
0: man. Looking forward to a long time friendship. And uh, it's a damn good day to have a damn good day.